Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. It's six minutes after two on Life Happens into the second hour of the show. It's a holiday, so we're doing things a little bit differently today. So the Market Theatre presents Stimela, Hugh Masikela exhibition. It was uh, opened yesterday, and this is in line uh, with uh, Bra Hughes. It would have been his sec 20, 80, 82nd birthday yesterday. And um, this exhibition, it's a, it's a photo exhibition by Brett Rubin, who is a photographer, a visual artist as well. And he's on the line with us this afternoon. Brett, thank you for making the time to talk to us this afternoon. Thank you, Pamela. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Welcome. I mean, yes, it's a pleasure to talk to you, but I'm thinking, wow, seven years of, of you know, being in the company of absolute genius, fun. I'm sure there were a lot of interesting moments as well there. Did, 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 were you officially asked to, to be the official photographer or did it just kind of happen and evolve? Um, there were definitely a lot of interesting moments. And um, the way it came about is um, I, I had a friendship with uh, Hugh Masekela's manager, Josh Giorgio at the yes. time. And um, Hugh had just been shot for the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine in South Africa, the inaugural uh, launch issue. Mm-hmm. And um, I ran into Josh and he asked me what I thought. And, and I said it was a, a nice cover, but I said I'd really love the opportunity to, to, to work with Hugh and, and just to do like a portrait of him would be so great. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he took me up on the offer and, and I, I organized the shoots um, and and uh, fortunately, um, Hugh just loved the, the 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 results of the images, and he also I think enjoyed the way that um, I never like tried to get him to do anything yeah. to to as he called it to clown around. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very much there just to 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 speak with him and and uh, work as respect as respectfully as possible i'm looking at these images and it's exactly that i, d- I don't see someone who's staging himself as something else you 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 really hone in on the person as they are i i, I don't see you um yeah I, i'm not I, I don't see you asking him to be anything other than than himself which is which is quite unique um that way of doing things yeah i think you know um it's also fortunate because uh, at the, the point in his career when I when I got to start working with him, he was you know so iconic that you didn't really need to, to mm. get him to, to try to do anything. And, and in a way, I think um, he had been photographed and interviewed so much over the years that I think he just enjoyed a more relaxed approach towards uh, towards the work. So so after that shoot, basically they. Uh, used a lot of those images for his album that he launched at the time called Playing at Work and and from then on I was uh, appointed the in-house official photographer. It's it's clear how he was feeling. How were you feeling (laughs) doing the first first shoot? Um, I was really nervous on the first shoot. Um, I remember like thinking what what music am I going to play in the studio while we work together. That was really daunting. Um, And? (laughs) I think you know, I, I went for very uh, safe standard pieces and, and he was quite amused by it, I think. You you, know? you you didn't you weren't tempted to play his music? No, no, I think that would have maybe um, contrived, yeah, very <laughs> that would have maybe uh, made him not feel so at ease, I think, you know. That's interesting. Um, 
So I played a lot of people I, I knew that he knew, like Miles Davis and people from that era when he was studying in New York. And, you know, and I think he, he was quite amused by that. You, what, what were you looking? So you just said it yourself. You know, he's been photographed so many times. This is somebody who the world knows and, and recognizes very easily. And you had seen many of those images what were you going to bring to the table? What what were you looking to explore when you were taking these photographs? Um, I think, you know, I, I was trying to to really um, make these as, as classic and simple as possible. You know, that, that's why I went with my initial shoots. I went with the black, black background and, yeah. and very natural light and uh, really just about him and, and what he brought to the to the table, let's say. So... Um, you know, I, I tried not to plan too much other mm-hmm. than other than the setup. I just thought, let me see what mood he's in. And, you know, and, and it was great. Like, he really just uh, appreciated being given the space to do whatever he felt like and not being kind of directed or, mm. you know. When you, when you photographed him on stage, were you encountering a different person through the lens than when you were in the studio? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, he was incredibly professional. Um, you know, he could make anyone laugh mm-hmm. and then, you know, light up a room. And, but when it came to like performing and, and, uh, meeting those obligations, he was incredibly professional and, and his, you know, his stage persona, depending where he was playing as well, you mm-hmm. know, he could really read like if he was playing in Soweto, he had bring a certain energy if he was playing in Fenton or if he was playing in New York like mm-hmm. he you know he'd sort of been there and done it all so mm-hmm. he knew exactly what what to do I think how much of him did you experience in terms of evolution seven years is a long time I think he evolved even even in his latter years actually quite quite tremendously how much yeah. of that did you experience uh, a fair amount I think um, you know when I when I came to get to know Hugh and work with him um he was doing tai chi and he was you know saying to me that you know at 75 he felt younger than he did at 55 and and um he was really focused and writing and and enjoying um performing and and touring at the time that was around about 2011 2012 um so you know i I really did get to see a a wonderful side of of Hugh and and to i was very fortunate to to see him perform in in different um different places i, I remember a, a, a standout one for me was i, I traveled to new york in, in 2011 and on the day i arrived um hugh and uh, larry willis were performing at the jazz standard in new york and he sent over some tickets and and i went and i remember just thinking coffee after the long flight to try to stay awake in the sort of dark dim light and but it was a really fantastic performance and it was so special to to watch him play in new york which was you know definitely a, a second home you know for him in, mm. in some ways mm. we we think we know his relationship with his instrument what was his relationship with his instrument <laughs> um well i think you know, a lot of uh, people often say he's a trumpeter which is not always accurate you know mm-hmm. he actually uh, one of the instruments he loved and played 
quite frequently was the flugelhorn. And, um, you know, I think um, I remember uh, at one of the shoots, uh, somebody asked if, if, if they could, um, if they could, you know, wipe, polish or, or wipe the <laughs> instrument. Yes. And he could have said, no way, you know, like the, the, the marks on my instrument, that's like, it's, is the uh, the time and the the, the the hours that you put into playing it and um, so, yeah, it's just, it was really interesting for me and um, yeah I think you know but I think uh, with you it wasn't you know his voice was also his instrument mm-hmm. um, you know he, he could play percussion he could play piano um, I would I would often visit him at his apartment and he'd be sitting at the grand piano and you know, um, he he was definitely multi-talented in, in many ways. Mm. You you have a, a very unique privilege in the sense that um, when you photograph somebody, especially portraits, um, and you have them still to your disposal, they they almost have given you an opportunity to look into their soul. Because I, I look at some of these photographs, they're very close up, they're very close into the face as well. What were you seeing at different times when you shot some of these portraits? Um, I guess, you know, um, for me, the way I try and approach portraits is is, is um, spending more time speaking to the person, you know, have a cup of tea, talking, discussing things, and then really just, you know, they, they, there's, a, there's a, a saying in photography in some circles that, mm-hmm. If you don't get the shot in the first ten frames of a portrait, then it becomes contrived. And um, I do try and adhere to that. I, I, I like to, you know, get to know somebody even briefly, even mm-hmm. if it's someone I've just met and I've been commissioned to do a portrait of. Just spend a few minutes engaging with them and speaking to them, and, and then as soon as I, I pick up my camera and start to work, I try and be efficient um, with, with capturing a really good portrait as, as, as quickly as possible I guess mm. you you some of these are incredible black and whites um, the reasons for that um, so well on a personal level I, mm. when I when I studied uh, I actually worked in a dark room with black and white film and, and really fell in love with that um, aesthetic and then digital arrived and changed the whole kind of world and then photographic uh, medium, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose you know, with with someone like you, there's a, there's a few reasons I opted for black and white. The number one reason is that it's really just a, a classic and iconic kind of feel. It brings such a focus to him in the images, as opposed to you know the color palette. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I guess you know that um, it's it's sort of a, a homage to the time that he came from. You know, in the in the fifties and sixties, black and white photography was the the main thing, and and color only really came in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a lot of the early images, especially those those wonderful images um, of him, is taken by people like Kumalo and Peter Magubani. That there's beautiful images of of him before leaving for New York in black and white. So I guess it felt like an interesting way of of working with him now in, in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Brett, 
Are, are there are there moments that you mourn that you missed in in photography? Let's maybe stick with him. That that you just missed the moment, you know, where where you really just missed the moment. Are there moments like that you want to share? Um, look, I think that yes, yeah, throughout throughout someone's career, there will be things like that. Um, if I think about it, you know, it's it's um, maybe not one particular moment, but mm-hmm. I, I do remember at at one point just just before. Uh, his passing, mm. there was a discussion in-house among his management team and, and myself about setting up with him and, and just getting him to talk about different subjects and, and filming mm-hmm. him in the studio. And mm. So we never got to do that. Uh, he, had, he, you know, it was quite a quick process uh, when he fell ill. And, and um, you know, that I definitely wish we had done more of I, I've got some interview snippets of him you know behind the scenes on, on music videos that we did or, but um, it would have been lovely to have like a, a long format uh, interview because I, I remember you know often um, you know uh, he wanted to get the photos done and then go have lunch or, or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like he was very much like if you're working you're working and then when, when it's done it's done yeah and 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 in those moments, you know, you'd be telling these incredible stories. Yeah. You know, you'd often want to capture that, but at the same time, not. Um, yeah, it's 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 know. a tough one because that's what I wanted to ask you. Sometimes, the the moment calls for being present, but I I, I understand how it could be difficult for a to- for a photographer because that's that's your life's work, you know, it's capturing those moments. And yet you also have the reverence of the moment that you want to respect and the person you're working with. And yeah. that must be a, t- a tight rope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I often remember if we were backstage or waiting to, to go into an interview at, at a TV or radio station, you know, he would, he would joke with me and say, okay, you've got two minutes, breath. <laughs> and, um, and then they put the camera down yeah <laughs> yeah and um so but i think you know you you there's also a, a whole lot of moments on the other hand that i was so fortunate to capture you know mm-hmm. uh, backstage while he's getting ready to perform or you know in in i remember there was one particular concert he did at, at the state theater in december 2013 and I got to spend most of the afternoon with him prior to the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were really um, definite standout moments and experiences that I feel very fortunate to have uh, mm-hmm. witnessed and been present. Did he's as he evolved? Because I mean, I keep harping on about this, but I certainly experienced him evolving a lot in his latter years. Did his process, did his preparation, did his uh, ritual change as the years went by, before performance maybe? Um, look, I mean, that, that's maybe a question for, for, for somebody that has really like you know, his nephew Mabusa, for example, who from the age of two was on, on tour with him in LA and, and right through, you know, he, he would be somebody that might be able to answer that better than myself. I, I, I know that in the time I had with, with you, um, he always he always had a quiet moment before performances. Mm-hmm. He would he would do a, a touch 
been to focus health, um, but I think you know at, at that point, um, I'd, I'd never really noticed anything mm-hmm. other than you know I suppose um, that the, the natural kind of um, way of slowing down when mm-hmm. you when you age as a, as a person in your in your vitality, but. But in terms of his musicianship and and his um, you know performance abilities, I never noticed any shift um, in the times I saw him. So I'm going to ask a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you mine just now. But which one is your favourite? That's up there <laughs> on exhibition. <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll I'll go first. So yeah, sure. so so the one with the hands. Um, is my yeah. favourite. The one with the hands. He's got his his hands and his fingers literally. Um, C- covering face. in a way, not quite uh, yeah. spaced out fingers, covering his face. Yeah. That's my favorite. Um, there is all sorts of mystique. There is so much that his hands are saying. His fingers are telling a massive story. Yeah. There, there's a lot there that I think epitomizes what he gave to the continent and the world by way of his music it's not just about the music it's a heck of a lot more there yeah that's my favorite you you really managed to capture that and it's incredible that you're able to do that with the black and white i mean you know that that it's an incredible image um and i wondered what was happening in his head with all of that but those (laughs) hands are saying a lot to me and What's behind those hands? Um, it's an incredible story that's been told there. What's your favorite? Well, let me quickly touch on your favorite. I, I think that's a good choice. I, I do love that image very much. And um, I, I think the, the the strength of that image is that you can still tell that it's human, mm. even though his face <laughs> is, is somewhat hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that happened is I, I asked him to hold up his hands because, you know, I looked through a lot of... Um, inspiration and you know especially people like miles davis Mm -hmm. you know um a a musician's hands are so often such a key part of of -hmm. of them and um so i I could try to document that um but you know that did that by covering his face and and fortunately i i got that um moment and and um you know, I think it's, 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 I see what you're saying about how much he gave to um, you beyond his music. You know, mm-hmm. the, the thought that went into it, the emotion and, mm-hmm. and the, the life uh, experience, I guess. Um, gosh, for me, it's hard to, to, to <laughs> choose one. But what I will say, you know, with this exhibition, there's um, three new images that have never been published before mm-hmm. uh, or exhibited before. And... and the one is the, the the invitation image of of him slightly looking up on a, a black background, black and white image. Um, I, I and then, and then the other one is is um, a superimposed image of him with a, a steam train. Oh wow! And um, those two images I I worked on and created specifically for the show and with the idea of Stimela in mind. Yes. Yes. And. Um, so, you so know, when you were when you were actually shooting that, where was he? Uh, I mean, you just said it was superimposed. What was happening with your shoot with him at the time? Okay, so that so um, he was he was actually uh, we we were filming a music video in downtown Johannesburg, um, and 
that was in in sort of a uh, quiet room in the building that we were working in, and he was uh, just playing a bit and and um, in conversation. And but while he was playing, I got that photograph of him in front of a, a beautiful wooden wall, and um, then with the idea of of this exhibition and and the theme of Stimela, I I sourced a. a a, a steam train um, image from mm. that era and, and brought it into the the image purely to, to that kind of um, visual language of, of how the train filters into to that image is really important for me mm. because you know uh, with a song like Stumela that 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 constant visual of the train, you feel like you're on it, you feel like you can hear it, you know, and, and um, I wanted to somehow bring that into a, a still image. Well, listen, it's it's been a privilege talking to you because I think sometimes we, we don't have enough opportunities to reflect, especially when an icon like him has been spoken of so many times. Um, there, I, I don't know, you know, at which point you are able to sit and really reflect but this this is really a wonderful offering. Thank you so much, Brett. And, and it's beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pamela. It's been lovely to, to chat with you. Thanks so much. Brett uh, Rubin is a photographer and a visual artist. And that exhibition is up already at the Market Theatre. It's in celebration of his 82nd birthday.